Blog Talk Radio.
Hello, hello. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to April D. Aries Presents. I want to thank the universe for bringing my listeners here today. Today, Michelangelo Salisbury is my guest of the 90s hit group of the New Jack Swing era portrait, whose hit you just heard, Here We Go Again, and the group sold over a million copies. Other members include Irvin Washington III, Philip Johnson, and Eric Kirkland. Michael's dad is also the member of the 1950s group Doo-Wop era, Hello? which was... Oh, she's talking about April. That's April's house. It was also remade by oh. Edition in the 1980s. So it's a beautiful song, which you'll hear today. Michael, are you there? Hello? Michael, are you there? Caller from 502 Area Code. Hello. Hey. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today on this Labor Day? Super producer. Uh, well, I'm trying not to labor too much. I've been quite lazy, actually. I've been stretched out on the couch since I woke up. <laughs> Same here. And I also want to mention that Michael has produced artists out there, tracks by Dr. Dre, Deborah Cox, Jill Scott, Elder Barge, Brian McKnight, John Legends, Quincy Jones, Juke Joint. So, great. I'm glad you're chilling and <laughs> today. So, Michael, you know my first question is, how did the music business come about for you, starting with Portrait? Hello? Michael, are you there? Hello? Well... Anyway, my guest, Michael, is the music producer of some of the best R&B hip-hop artists out there, including Dr. Dre, Deborah Cox, Jill Scott, L. DeBarge, Brian McKnight, John Legend, Quincy Jones, and so many other artists that um, I didn't know about until now. Um, hmm. I think he might be having um, technical on his end, but let me play Honey Dip. That's another song that this group, successful group of the 90s, made. Michael Angelo, what's going on? Um, yeah. 
guest today is Michael Angelo Salisbury, and he is a member of the 90s New Jack Swing era portrait, who sold over a million copies and also a super producer. Michael, how are you doing today? I am good in this super hot weather uh, in <laughs> California. Woo, it is hot out here. How are you? I'm all right. I'm always gonna. <laughs> I'm always. I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. We. So. Uh oh. Like, oh no. That, that don't sound too good to me. Uh oh. Mm. <laughs> would you like to? Would you like to? Uh, express some of your. Now nah, I, I can't be. I'm so good. People be telling me their problems and stuff, and I'm kind of good. Uh, all right. Morris Day. And, no. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. No, but no, I'm, no. I'm really glad to. I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> oh no, I think we, we have a little delay here. That's so. That's okay. You okay. go. Okay, and I, yeah, I, I specified Eastern time, but Michael, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being on the no show. No problem. Yeah, no problem. We already problem. have two it's... callers. I thought one of my callers was you. <laughs> it, it, calling oh. in. But I want to. Yeah, get... I was supposed. Excuse my, uh, you know, my little watch is set for some time. But, you know, when you do music, it's one thing I notice when you do music, you're not used to. In studios, they don't really have uh, clocks. So you get used to that. You don't even know what time it is. And you're so creative, you forget. So now it's time. Okay. We're right. We're good now. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. And you're also the author of a book that you wanted to discuss, The Do's and Don'ts of the Music Business. But first yeah. Of- Callers want to know, how did you get started with the music business? How did it start out for you? Well, everybody has their different ways of how. For me, I was kind of like a natural. So when I was um, maybe seven years old, okay. um, I entered a music class, you know, in elementary school, and I remember the teacher said, you know, I was just able to go on everybody's instrument when they would play everything wrong, I could just get on their instrument and just play it right. And the teacher was like, you know, she told my mom, he got a gift, so maybe you should invest really in him. And because he just has these 
this natural ability. So I knew that was so easy for me at the time. I kind of knew from that time I wanted to be in the music business, and there was no option for failure. Um, and so once that once that happened, you know, my mother started just buying me instruments. When the kids express an interest on something, parents should really look close look close to it because at the time when I was growing up in the eighties, it was crack on the street in South Central. So we need the things to keep us busy. Either you did sports or you had some kind of outlet. Well, uh, music was like my outlet, but I love to do it too. And you know, it's just it kind of, it's it's a word of mouth thing. You know, you're in school. Everybody knows you're most. I got most talented in junior high school. I got most talented in high school. And you just kind of word of mouth happens, and uh, like I said, when you know what you want to do, you go through every opportunity, whether it's meet people or network, to get in the places that you need to go. I've, I've been doing that since I was like nine years old, for real. <laughs> I know, I can tell. I can tell. Music and yeah. poetry is my outlet as well. Michael, you got a couple callers, one from the 502. You're on air with April Deep Aries Presents. And Michael Angelo Salisbury. Well, hello, Mr. Salisbury. Nice to meet you, first of all, and congratulations on both your past accomplishments and your future ones as well. Um, oh, thanks. So our, que- our question is. Who is speaking to? Voice sounds familiar. This, oh, this me is sound like Scotty Pitt. It sounds like Scotty Pittman to me. I thought it was Scotty Pittman. <laughs> My name is Thorne. Uh, I live here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, nice Hi, to meet you. Hi, Thorne. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's up, April? How are you doing? Thank you so much for calling. We appreciate it. I'm sorry. Go uh, ahead and no, no. ask Michael your question. No, I, um, my question for you is when a lot of people become famous or they become uh, a part of careers that make them both statewide and globally wide famous, that comes with a lot of sacrifices that go unseen and untold. And what I mean by that is when you become famous for whatever it is you are. So my question for you is what kept you from, I guess you could say, cracking or folding under people always being in your face, wanting to take pictures, uh, the tabloids and stuff like that. What um, kept you from? Interesting question. It, 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 it's Very a good. real deep. It's a real deep rooted thing that a lot of people don't go go that place to tell what it really is. But it's so deep rooted. For example, a star to be a star. But then let's go back to their childhood. Let's say if they got traumatized or they got beat, or they got sexually uh, uh, molested, or any of those type of childhood problems, you best believe if you don't handle it, it's going to come out. Now when you become a star and all that pressure comes in, that's when all that stuff comes back. So a lot of times uh, it depends on your situation. Like I was always grounded. I had a good childhood. I mean, like we had a lot of money. But my mom had a my mom and dad, we had a lot of love. So my background was pretty straight coming up. So now when fame hit, I didn't have no baggage or no issues that surfed, where when pressure comes on, those things kind of surface. Um, and that kept me grounded. I was kind of like a nerd. You know, when a nerd is paying attention, 
uh, I, I was like sitting like a handsome nerd or something. When a nerd is on what he's doing and he's paying attention, he's focusing and he's not he's not thinking about anything else. And that's the way I really looked at it. Um, unfortunately for us as a group, our music got bigger than our image because we weren't really promoted right. So the music got bigger than our image. So a lot of times we didn't have to go through a lot of that stuff only with our fans. Um, and the way I think I would tell anybody to tackle that is to when you get rise as a star or you be, become very wealthy, every now and then just think back before what you had, you know, keeps you keeps you real grounded. You know, I came from this. I didn't. I wasn't born this way. I made a sacrifice. I slept in my car. And a lot of people aren't built for it. Because for me, you could have told me, sleep in your car for three months, eat once every two days, and try to find places to use the bathroom, and you'll get a tune on somebody. Well, I would have done that. Most people, oh, well, I can't survive. I'm going to pay my bills. Those are the people who are not built for it. So you got to be built for all that stuff as well. That's the best way I can answer it. I can agree with that because a lot of people didn't understand why the uh, the football star Barry Sanders retired. He only retired at the age of 31, and that's the one thing that he said. He said he retired because he didn't want to be in the spotlight. I mean, some yeah. people, they don't like it. It's a, it's a, and even in my, being in the medical field, there's a space that you deal with, some people don't want you really close to them. If you did a test, man, and you got like five of your friends, I'm talking about some of your closest friends, and just had them around you, and all of a sudden you just got up in their face, you'll be surprised like two or three of them would step back as many as, as soon as you got in their face because some people are funny about their space. They don't want nobody to get close to them. And those type of people are the ones that usually the limelight gets to them. They don't want no attention for them because they want to feel human. They feel like if I fail, then they're going to be paying attention to me as a failure. Um, so it's uh, it's like a little game, mind game. You got to play with it too. All right, Thorin, thank you very much. You uh, you posed some very great, qu- good questions. Very yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Very cool. Thanks a lot, man. Got for a calling caller. In. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. We have our 810 caller. You're on the air with April Deep Aries Presents and Michael Angelo Salisbury, a portrait and also producer. Who am I speaking to? Hey, April. Hi, Michael. This is Toy Honey. Toy Honey, dear. Hello. <laughs> hey, Toy. How you doing today? I'm, I'm, I'm good. doing How great. You? What's your question for Michael? <laughs> Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm pretty good. Like I was telling her earlier, I'm in this hot weather out here. Super hot, but I feel good. That's feel right. Real, real oh, good. that's good. Mm-hmm. Beautiful day out. Mm-hmm. Um, Just, uh, I have two questions for you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My first question is, what are your thoughts on the music of today? And my second question is, is Portrait going to do a reunion? Very good. My questions, too, Michael. Uh, Okay. My answer to both of them, this may be shocker because sometimes when people get older, they tend to go, 
every generation says, oh, the music today sucks. Everybody always does that. I'm not going to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Music is great. And what I mean is every generation, it has to be something new. So for the people, you know, change happens, and it just keeps going. So you got to get adopted to the change. Um, and so I can be personally, oh, uh, it's not enough musicality in music today. Everything is about the same old beat. I can be that way too, but I choose not to. Um, once you're a producer, even if you don't like music, as long as you get it. You know, my little 16-year-old girl might like some music that I don't like, but that's not my job and I like it. It's it's my job to get it and understand it. So if I have to produce some stupid little young, oh, yeah, yeah just put a beat in the sound and I'll know because I understand it. So for the generation right now, it's great what they're doing. I hear some great music. Um, it's starting to come back now. I feel some little R&B things starting to come back. Um, it's just not really in the forefront as much right now. Everything is very pop. Everything is super uh, high energy. and So as things change, as these progressions happen, you will see more of, each generation will see more of what they're used to. It's just a period goes around. So that's my question. That's my answer. Um, music is great, and even if I don't like it, I understand it. And as far as the Damn. reunion, as you were talking Okay, now, portrait is weird because portrait mm-hmm. has been through so many different dynamics. And, it's- um, and there's what happens is getting back together to do shows, well, mm-hmm. if we do do that, why do shows and not do a single? And if we do a single, we might as well do an album. So mm-hmm. now that we've worked out some of our kinks that we've had, we were young and going through things, we're grown now, we're going to start off by doing shows, um, which, you know, we sing in our, our songs that the fans like and everything, but that's going to make us want to do a record. Now, in the studio, you are at your most natural and at your best, and that's how we are. Once we work out around being around each other creatively again, then that's next. Because people have grown, uh, mm-hmm. and some of the guys, some of the guys who didn't do music, then they just wrote lyrics. Now mm-hmm. some of them do music. Some of the guys who just did music and then do lyrics, you know, what I mean, everybody's grown. So we got to feel creatively. What's the Nash again? You know, predominantly I do all the music. Everybody knows that. Okay. Some of the other guys want to do. Some of the other guys want to do music too. So we got to see how that goes in the studio and make sure there's no conflict, mm-hmm. and we're good to go. And how you vibe together. And I wanted to ask, yeah. you know, what what led to the, you know, you had I can call you. How deep is your love? You know, it was shy. It was silk. It was all these other groups, but something about you guys stood out. You know, I can't help but ask what happened to, what led to the, you know, separation of the group. You know, it was a creative ideas or, and Toy, thank you, you so much what? for the question. We had great question, too. I like to answer this. Um, people don't know, Portrait used to be five 
of us. It originally started off as five, and what happened? I didn't know that. Um, okay. Oh yeah, a lot of people don't know this. And what happened was, uh, we were young, dudes, twenty years old, yeah. and the fifth member, the fifth member, fell in love. And you know what? He's still with this girl to this day. So we're not mad at him. He fell in love, and at the time. He didn't take the career as serious as his relationship. I totally understand when you're in love, you're in love. When it hits you, it hits you. I don't care what, who you are. So when we had to eliminate him, it was right before we started recording records. And okay. I was like, wow, he was the lead singer. Strong, real strong singer. Okay. I said, damn, we don't have him. And his name is Swamata Brown, talentedest dude in the world. Love him okay. to death. I said, but, but what are we going to do now? And so I said, how are we going to stand out now? Because he was a voice. He was a voice. So I said, I listened to everybody. I said, we're going to make it by tonality now. We've got to change the whole vibe of poetry because it was different. I said, let's kill him with tone. And everybody's like, what do you mean? Well, Marvin Gaye would say, everybody always wanted to know what single should I put out. And I used to say, Dummy, why are you worry about the music? People in love with my voice. So anything that you put out, they're going to love. Don't worry about it. So I said, let's kill them with tonality. Let's make sure our, calm, our tone is calm and non-threatening. And that's when I stepped up and got Philip, and I said, you know what? Step up, man. You sing lead. Herb, you sing lead. We don't really have a, we don't really have a sound. We have a style now. And they have See, some Jody beautiful Lee, voices, Philip and Irvin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it, it, it's like people had their own favorite singer. There wasn't um, a sound. Like Tony, Tony, Tony is a is a sound because Raphael has that, his voice, you know what I mean? And Jodeci mm-hmm. is a sound because they have Casey and Jodo and, you know, men conditioned Stokely, but we don't really have a sound. We have a style, yeah, and that means too. there's no lead singer. You pick your favorite, and that's how we that's how we. that's how we – that's how we creatively made ourselves a little different. And that rhythm, you have a rhythm with it, you know, like, and I can call you the rhythm. It's the swing. It's like almost a swing type style. We were trying to, we were trying to be young, young but have sophistication in our music because at the yeah. like the second first, first album was really fun. We were young, we you know what we were doing. Well, by the time the first album was over and we had traveled to like fifteen different countries, we were mm-hmm. on the second album. Everything that we seen in all them different countries made us say, okay, okay, sophistication, men, young, young and grown, not corporate grown, but young and grown. Let's do that sound. And, and that's how the second album sounded. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, that's how the sound was put together. Yeah. It's um it's um and so the success that we had I think is because of the other guy when, when we went through the group change with him, it, it made us step up to do something else. Now the separation really didn't start between us. It was all record company. Uh we had a president who came in and literally said and with our managers in a meeting, the president told us to our face, I don't know what to do with black music because I'm a rock and roll guy. That's so, frankly, I don't know what to do with you guys. Wow. That's and and then we had to change label, yeah. Yeah, wow. we had 
Yeah, we had to change labels to the to the sister label. We were on Capitol. We had to go to EMI. I'm just telling y'all the truth what it is. Well, when we went to we had EMI, they were like, well, you guys are, we already invested $2 million in you, so we would rather sign three new groups wow. and just let you guys go. Wow. That's crazy. Now, I, you know, yeah. how is it that he can start out, You can he can start you out and then – um, decide that was it because you did not have the cross? Is it because you weren't a crossover style? Well, he came. This particular president had came. We were loved by the the new the the, the regime that, that was there, but he came from a rock and roll label, so he okay. was honestly trying to say that I don't know about black music, so I I don't know how to promote y'all. I don't want to mess up, and um. A smart thing our manager did at the time. He had a meeting with us. He said, you know what? Everything is about to fold, you guys. I want you guys to go over to Europe and build that base before all this stuff hits the floor. And that's and that, when we went overseas. And, and he said, because you're going to have that for the rest of your life. So let's do that right now. And then I know we went over there and started doing shows and everything. And then when we came back, that news happened to us. It was unfair. We never got the chance that we deserved, and That's all of us still to this day we feel like underrated because of that. I got a question. If you don't mind? Yeah. Um, a lot of people get into their talent, whether it be music, whether it be writing, whether it be basketball, and they're so focused on their talent that they don't learn the business behind their talent. What steps did you take to learn the business of music? This, and I want to ask. Is where my book, this is where my book comes in, too, you guys. What's the next question? If it's pertaining to that, this is exactly, you need to go to, when people listening, go to my site. It's Michelangelo Music, but that's M-U-Z-I-K. So it's Michelangelo all together, M-U-Z-I-K dot com. Mm-hmm. And that's my website, and you will click my ebook. And you can get it. It's only two bucks and seventy cents, but it talks about things like that what we just talked about. And I'll keep repeating the email address as we go. Um okay. thank you for that. It's called the music yeah, yeah. It's it's the music business. And the do's and don'ts, right? Yeah, and so as a producer or writer, there's things you just don't do. That's why the book is called The Do's and Don'ts of a Music Producer. It's called a music business. You can do the music and this and I'm telling you the truth. I did the music right, but I didn't quite do my business right. And, and that's why I'm explaining this book. Okay. Now, uh, what is it, another topic that I can't help but mention that I think kind of coincides, royalties. Royalties. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. glad that you're doing this book. I think it's very important because you have artists, so many of the most talented artists are on unsung because so many people have lost millions. Um, that's the that's the thing like, where my book talks about how you know when you write a song, some of these kids right now just write a song where there's music and just sell it. Yeah. And like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to sell it. You're supposed to, if anything, you lease it. And that means 
No one quite owns it but you, but you have to get things registered. You have to call the library, not call, but get papers from the Library of Congress to copyright your song. Um, and you make sure that you either get with ASCAP, which is or BMI, or CSAC. These are, are administrations that collect. Whenever they hear your music on the radio, whenever you have record sales, um, or cable performances. See, a lot of times people are talented and no one tells them about these organizations like ASCAP, American Society of Composers and Authors um, and Publishers. This means they protect all the writers, all the authors, all the publishers, all the people who do music. Mm-hmm. And it's such a quick thing, but sometimes when you're talented, you get so involved in being creative, right. you get lazy and don't want to know the business, and it'll kick your right. ass, excuse me. It will punch you. Um, even portrait. We only get 25% of portrait. We were signed to a situation where this guy got 70%. So to this day, portrait is only getting 25% of anything we've ever done. Mm-hmm. And see, this is one of the reasons why I had to go out on my own as a producer so mm-hmm. I could finally own everything. And I can truly understand it, that. And that's kind of you know, like a it, big it, lesson. Yeah, is that that's a mixed actually lesson? a blessing. It's a blessing, so please learn the music business. It's not just the music, it's both sides. Always have your legal counseling. Um, anytime someone wants to buy something, you just... Don't worry, you know, you're worried about me make the cash, the money, but it's about the back end. We don't have a pension. The only thing that's closest to our pension is our royalties. That's the one thing we, we own all the way. And a lot of and people are cheated out of that, up. you know? Yeah, yeah. It's so It happens to so many different people. Yes. Uh, it happens, and, and so take the time out. Be grateful for your creativity, but say, you know what, there's another side of this. Um, it's the business. And, again, you know, you go to Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-N-G-E-L-O-M-U-Z-I-K.com and hit my click ebook. And it's only like 29 pages of different things that that you should know that will help you in the business. And, Michael, I'm going to really, do that really, today. Yeah, it's just simple. And everything that you guys are asking – because um, I didn't know at first either, to be honest with you. The first time, no, really, the first time I got in the music business, somebody gave me 20000 This was like 1989. They said, here's $20,000, and here, uh, and took me to the guitar center and said, get anything you want. I got about five things, which is about eight grand, and said, I just want you to do my music. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was going to own it. Wow. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, I Michael. Nineteen years old, yeah. And and at that age, you know, somebody in their thirties and up can can make the same mistake. But and also being that young, you know, you're really—that's the age where you're anxious, you're ready, you're not even thinking about. But what if, you know, when you yeah, guys? And so, yeah. And so, can you imagine? In like 1989, 19 years old, someone give you $20,000. You know how much money $20,000? And now this is what pisses me off about the young producers that they'll sell their beats 
for twenty five and thirty bucks. So wow. like, do y'all know that's your goal? That's your goal. Y'all don't know that's that's your that's your kids' yes. money. You have yes. children, and and they don't know. And now what happens is, when we as producers go into a record company with a hot hot song, and we might say, okay, well I know. The business is different, so we can't charge twenty thousand uh, dollars. I want five grand for this track. We go five grand, which ain't nothing to a record company. We go five grand. Oh, we can go buy this one off the internet for twenty five bucks. Mm-hmm. They just cheapened everything. They just cheapened our whole craft as writers and producers. They don't even know it. And I and I like the idea that you're doing this book because I think, and I'm gonna, you know, you know put that the word out there on the book because people need to know that, you know, the do's and don'ts of the music business. But I'm dying to ask you this. I've been dying to ask you. How did you get were able to get in touch and produce some of these artists like Elder Bird, you know, um, Quincy Jones, you know, Jill Scott, Brian McKnight, you know, Dre, Dr. Dre, John Legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, you know what happens once you start. Portrait set a, a big thing for me uh, because, like you said, people liked our style. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> yeah, they liked our style, and so um, everybody started to, to want that kind of sound. So that's when the offers and things start happening. And um, at uh-huh. the time, um, like we had a, a manager named Herb Trollick. He was managing us and Brian Knight at the same time. Okay. And so that connection came through that. Um, and just calls come in. It's almost like being recruited. It really happens the same way. If you're a high school athlete, the coaches will find you. Same thing if you're doing hot stuff or producing, they find you and just start start happening. You know, um, sometimes it was scary. Uh, I remember producing Faith Evans when I did uh, You Gets No Love. Uh me and okay. Faith Gemini's. I'm talking about real deep Gemini's. We didn't say a word in the studio, like, while we were writing. It was kind of like, don't talk to me. I ain't going to talk to you. You don't talk to me. But it was so highly, um, it was so much intense energy. It wasn't nobody was mad at each other. It was just that we were so locked in. And by the time I came up with the groove and she came up with the lyrics and we started recording it, that's when we got into our social character. It was like, wow, these two Jim, you know, Jim and I, have, we have a saying that sometimes we get quiet when I'm saying anything. Well, that's how I was in the studio. Okay. Um, I, I explain some of that stuff in my book, you know, certain experiences with certain people. Um, but I try not to. Uh, it's more of the business, you know. It's just the do's and don'ts of a music producer. Um, and again, when I met these people, um, sometimes I don't have a proper etiquette. You just can't go up to an artist and say, oh, you want to hear my music? You want to hear my no. They are in a hurry. They have things to do. You do things like, hello, I don't want to interrupt you. Um, do you have an email address where I could send where you hear, you know, different tunes that people are writing to you? And it, it's respectful. And they'll give you an email address for you to send your material, and you're not bothering them. It's professional. It's those things like that that I say in my book. You know? I, 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 and I was always like that. Mm-hmm. Quincy Jones told me. Quincy Jones told me that. I was signing him 10 years. And he said, you know, 
you have to always be a class X in everything you do. So when I met people, I was able to get in because of my personality. Um, Now, you do, again, to his question, again, you do have to sometimes be aggressive. When you meet people, Mm -hmm. they can find you, but sometimes you got to go to where it's at. You know, if you know certain artists are recording at a studio, you could pop up, but you can't pop up and just bombard their session. You yeah. wait and you hope that you see that you, when you finally see them, oh, I don't mean to bother you. Like I said again, you know, do you have an email address where you accept tunes? Um, I'm a mm-hmm. songwriter. Mm-hmm. That takes 12 seconds. Yeah. And so, I, you know, again, like you said, you know, it just fame. Once things start happening, it just start happening. And I was there. I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I want to do. I always wanted to be a producer first. I never really wanted to be an artist. I was ready to do production. And that's, me all the way. And that's and you know what? You're an artist by heart. You're an artist by nature. But you know, a lot of times, you know, you know, we have to be the self-made businesswoman, self-made businessman. You know, um, I know you were blessed to have these, um, you know. Guidance, but like your father, like being a member of this, and I love that song, Earth Angel. Uh, how much do he? Do we need songs like that now? I mean, to inspire, to make me not lose faith in men. No, <laughs> but um, uh, you know um, what? You be, how did that? Is, is how did that inspire you? How did your father play a role in this? Well, because my dad was more. Um, Vocal, and I was more music. So when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, he would have me listening to, and I'm a little black kid growing up in South Central L.A. My dad had me listening to Queen. My dad had me listening to I like um, Queen. <laughs> El- El- Elton John. My dad had me listening to all the Motown stuff. Like all the things that you think he wouldn't because in the neighborhood we grew up in, I listened to everything. He would have me try to sing it, develop in my ear. But and since I, I was more of a musician, I, I used the music. I used the ear to go on the music side. Good. And, um, Good. So he was more vocal, and he was more uh, melody tone. My dad got a cool tone, but I used that <laughs> to do music. So I'm more on the music side. Okay, and you know I like the fact. I think that and, and people, you know, don't have to be products of their environment. Just like myself. You know, I used to hear Hey White Girl because I used to listen to all types. I was always diverse in what I liked, the music mm-hmm. I listened to. Soul is number one with me, but even my the things I liked and gravitated to because I knew I didn't want to be in the stereotype. I, there's nothing out there. I mean, you know, if you're a young black growing up, there is nothing out there for you. You have to gravitate towards something, so... You know, I'm just glad yeah, that's life lesson. That's that's a lesson of life. You know, yeah. and music today, music today, uh, young the young kids they're doing music today. One thing about it, they have a nice pizzazz and a nice little thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. But if they know the history of where it came from, uh, and knew some of the stories, just like them taking an hour a day, every little young producer doing all his music and writing. Take 30 minutes a day just to mm-hmm. look on some history. Who did this song? What was the story by it? You know, uh, 
you know, who who was the first person who owned all their music, mm-hmm. you know. Ray Charles was the first guy who owned all his masters. You know, so you got to look at it because it makes you appreciate it, and then when you listen, it helps your ear better. Um, some of the stuff we were talking about today, a lot of stuff is just beat-driven, which to me, they're, they're producers, there's beat makers, mm-hmm. and there's DJ producers. DJ mm-hmm. producers that don't play, they just know what people like to listen to because they're always playing. Mm-hmm. I wish they would stop claiming that they're producers. <laughs> then there's producers. Then there's producer, DJ producers that you know, like Battle Cat. He actually plays music, but but he's a DJ, so he can claim that. And then yeah. there's beat makers who just do beats, and they don't know nothing about music. They just touching. So yeah. my advice to all those is go back and look, listen to your history. Mm-hmm. Look up, look it up, and listen to it, and it'll help your musicality. And Troy raised a good question about, you know, we we like old school. We like, we, I, and I, I don't even know how you feel about the word old school, but, you know, the music of today, cool. I have to say a lot of it is lacking. I can't help but say that. But we got a caller from the 312, Chi-Town. Chi-Town. Hello, you're on the air with April Deep Aries and producer, artist, Former member of Portrait, Michelangelo Salisbury. Who am I speaking to? Hi, uh, this is Sasha. Sasha? Hi. Yes. Thank you for calling today. Hello, Dick Aries, Mr. Salisbury. I am Uh, doing very good. You and the shop. My two brothers out there, they live out in Chi-Town. Yep. Oh, okay. Oh. It's a nice place to be. (laughs) But going... uh, Pardon? I'm enjoying well, the conversation. Shy-town. He was just saying, shy town. Yeah, jump in. Jump oh. in and place oh, okay. some input in or ask your questions. Yeah. I, I yeah. am enjoying this conversation. I feel it's very original, I have to tell you. Um, and I have to tell you, I just feel that I, I, do, I am a fan of, of portraits music. And I just Thank feel you. that what the music that we have today, I just really... I know you you have to watch what you say and and uh but I just don't care for it. I just don't feel the talent is there. There's so much lacking. Mm-hmm. Most so much of it is just a remix and repeats. And mm-hmm. uh I just miss music like say back take it to the 90s and on back and mm-hmm. it's just what we're listening to is just not the same and the radios that that's they're ridiculous the, the stuff that they're playing and now we've got these people coming in taking over our our talent, our invention, as you said, Mr. Salisbury, we do mm-hmm. need to learn more about our musical history because we are music. We are the originators. We, Without us, there would be no music. And now we've got other people uh, coming in, making money at what they've learned from us. I should say stolen from us. So I just, yeah. I just really agree with you about people needing to learn their history and learn and, and learn from it, and I think mm-hmm. maybe we uh, we could sort of like start getting back to. I don't like the term old school, but I do like original or classic music because that's what we are. All right, so I am enjoying yeah, yeah, the conversation. Thank you so much. No, no, no. Much. I'm glad that you you up on. Yeah, that's so. That's such an important thing. I was trying to answer. What I was trying to do was answer two ways. I was trying to answer for the young generation. Um, since they don't know the history enough, mm-hmm. 
they're not educated enough to know what's good and what's bad. Now, there's some young ones that mother and father played them music, and it's oh, why don't we have it? Mm-hmm. I like this much, much better. Mm-hmm. And it's because, of, like you said, they, they learn history. I remember one mm-hmm. time I was in the studio, and as a Gemini, some days I want to record R&B, some days I want to record jazz, some kids I want to do rock, country, whatever. I'm in there, mm-hmm. and I just felt like I want to do rock music. So some dude, mm-hmm. maybe, I'll never forget. What you done, man? That sound like rock music. I said, yeah, Chuck, Chuck Berry is going to rock. What, 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 what the hell are you talking about? Let me cry. Mm-hmm. I'm doing rock music, so what? That's white people music. It is Chuck Berry. He's white. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know rock and roll yeah. was white. Like that. From, my, from where I understand, Chuck Berry is like the inventor. So right. I got to know, I shut him up because mm-hmm. he didn't know that history. I yeah, shut him up. I true. shut him down. And so before yeah. you become a teacher, you have to learn the history. Yes, yeah, I agree. And um, like you know, if so, he would like so, you Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 you finish, you finish, you finish. No, no, go ahead, I'm sorry. Another question, um, Sasha, you bring some powerful, thought-provoking, you know, comments that, you know, I'm sure every, a lot of people are thinking, you know, you know, which kind of goes back to what, you know, a couple other callers were saying about, you know, the lack of originality, you know. But I want to ask, anyone out, like, Currently in um, 2013, Michael. Well, I have a I have an artist right now. Uh, it's a little bit different vibe. It's not mm-hmm. what we're talking about. It's uh, there's a young lady named Kelsey um, who's getting ready to release a single called Yeah Kelsey. Okay. She's getting ready to release a single called Can't uh, I mean Crazy. Um, and she's a little Caucasian girl uh, from from Oklahoma. Okay. And right now we're so new with it. Yeah, we're no, we're so new with it. We're developing her style. Um, um, so you look out for that. She's a real nice young girl. She's a little kid, fourteen years old, kind of like a little skateboarder. Um, and I'm doing some cross between R and B and pop. Um, she plays guitar, kind of like Taylor Swift. She does songs like that. Um. And so look out for that project. Um, I'm also working on uh, a Jade project. You guys remember Jade from our group? Yeah. From our, from our um, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I'm working on some stuff with them. Um, I'm working yeah. on a lot of rappers. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. Some of the name stuff I can't say yet until it's, in the, in the, in, it's, it's finalized because I don't like to jinx myself. Okay. Um, but, but, but I do more for TV and film. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you go on my site, you'll be surprised at some of the commercials and the music I did behind some of the commercials. I'm kind of all the way with it because if you can't, like we talked, if you can't do real music with the artists these days, at yeah. least in TV, they accept mm-hmm. real music and real songs. Mm-hmm. And See, that's, that's, one that's, how we, that's how we keep our balance with, damn, there ain't no real songs these days. These artists, everything, everybody wants this simple bubblegum crap. Um, but TV, they want real songs. And that's good, yeah, so because, that's, like, commercials play a lot of the real songs, you yeah. know, and I thank both yeah. parents for playing old school. If, you know, <laughs> if, one, one didn't, if one didn't contribute to my life in one way, you know, the song, the music, 
I learned the music from both parents. It's a gift, and that's a blessing. Yeah, and it stays with you. A melody will stay with you for the rest of your life. A great melody makes you want to live life forever. That's why when we hear Earth, Wind, and Fire, those melodies make you literally want to live. When you hear that music, it makes you feel like you want to live life forever. They are so spiritual and deep, yeah. So you know, so so you know if and there's a difference between stupid and ignorant. I think the definition of ignorant is that you just didn't know. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, if a young generation of music uh, producers or songwriters, you know, just don't be stupid. We're mm-hmm. telling you to go back to the history, mm-hmm. look more of it, where it came from, and why. Because you will have a better better understanding. Your craft and your ear will grow. Now, don't be stupid. And when we're telling you what to do, right, right, you still don't want to listen. I can't stand stupidity. Yeah. Ignorant, well, yeah, you just, you just didn't know. Okay, now we're telling you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's, so it's very important. I always listen to my elders and... Um, you know, even that old man that you think he's dressing funny, he old man, he walks funny. And you mm-hmm. say, man, what kind of music was you listening to when you grew up? He might tell you something you had never heard of, and you go look it up, and you're like, wow, blew me away. And, and I think Dirty. you all, yeah, you can listen and decipher what, you know, makes, you know, makes sense. For example, I had an older man say, you know, Heavy D is old school. <laughs> He said, <laughs> "This was a man of five years old." I mean, oh, you know, old school just oh, means a generation. I mean, um, you know, really old, old school don't have to be bad. I'm not that young of a honey dip. I'm not under thirty. I mean, oh my god, not a <laughs> Well, they start. They, they say I, they say we're old school. They said '90s music is old school, and it's like, and hey, I that's cool. These 80s and back, like, you know, when I was a kid, little, little girl. <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is, old school, you get older, that's how I know I'm living, because I'm getting older. I, I want to live, I and I want to get older. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, you know, that's just being smart. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you also wanted to speak, uh, let people know about, you know, Having a backup career, you know, everybody needs a backup plan. In the words of Andy Stone, um, how do you like it's, the medical profession? You know, it's really cool. I think as a creative person, creative people are sensitive around each other. They're sensitive about other people. They're sensitive about what others think about them personally, their talent, their craft. Etc. When people like me get into the medical field, like I'm in oncology, these cancer patients. Okay. Okay. Those people, they're, those people are basically coming in there um, trying to survive. And I know are they going to survive? Get life more. And so, 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 so if you come in there with a beautiful heart, they can feel it. They always tell me your personality, yeah, besides your skill, you got the skill to do what you do, but your personality is so warm, you really make me feel good. It makes some people feel like they have a chance. And I say, you know what? 
I'm created first. And I'm used to taking people's feelings and putting them on paper as a writer, taking mm-hmm. people's feelings, putting them in music as a producer, or mm-hmm. painting. Thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's what creative people do. We take other people's feelings and we put them in our creativity and hope that it reaches somebody. So for me, mm-hmm. when they come and I have a patient, they walk away like, wow, you know, this guy really made me feel good, you know. And so mm-hmm. I think the hardest part for me is that some doctors um, are very detachable, you know. Um, mm-hmm. They're so uh, seriously very serious, and their personalities aren't as friendly. But that's just who they are. So I have to tone it down a little bit. Sometimes you can be too happy working someplace, and they just don't get it. They'll mistake. I'm when I work with doctors. He was like, if you smile, you got to go home because people don't take you serious if you're smiling. I mean, it's different doctors really like different things. So that's my biggest adjustment of trying to tone myself down, mm-hmm. and um, but I feel like my personality is effective, and I did it because I wanted to help people, and I also wanted to have a backup, and it's very important, like we just said, to have a backup. You know, had Sorry. I, for example, yeah. had I owned 100% of portrait, maybe I wouldn't have needed. Right, right. You know, but... as I said, we only got split 25% out the four yeah. You know, so, it, it, you know, that was my, you know, I had some million sellers, and, you know, Faith Evans won a million for me, and um, Shanice, wow. uh, and back in the day by Ahmad. But Portrait was more like, you know, a couple million records. So those okay. were our biggest things. Yeah. Those were our biggest things, but at the same time, again, not knowing the music business, we don't own all of that Portrait stuff, so therefore, Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be smart and have a fallback because I knew we don't own it, and eventually the royalties are going to get slower, smaller, and I need to have a backup. And you have to. And, and Michael, we're running out of time. I hate that, but I have <laughs> truly enjoyed this conversation. It was a Yay, we, you have, have to come to. back. You ha- we have oh, to have anytime. a time. Oh, anytime. Make sure you guys, like I said. Go to go to the website and yep. Michelangelo M U Z I K dot com and go get the book and you can learn a lot of stuff from that. And I'm gonna post that on my Facebook. Thank you so much. Thank you callers as well. And thank you guys um, too. Nice meeting everybody. Nice meeting everybody. All right. And you have a beautiful Labor Day, Michael. And keep doing what you're doing. You guys, keep posted, please. Thank you. You guys too. Bye bye. And we're going to end with Earth Angel by the Penguins. Love you forever 
and I knew the vision of your love, loveliness. I hoped and I prayed that someday I'll be the vision of your happiness. This portrait, how deep is your love? Thank you. 